Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Power Your Mind podcast today. Most of my podcasts that I have up online are sessions where you're just going to listen to the session, whether you have it on loop or you're just working on a project. But this particular series, I have Ask the Experts. And so we are just going interviewing a bunch of different people that have all kinds of expertise in their field. And today I have John Moyer on, who is a hypnotist. And it's he's got a, quite of an interesting story. I'm not going to go into too much of it. I'm going to let John tell his story. But he has been a stand-up comedian. He has a degree in theater and film. He's written screenplays. And all of this somehow has led to him becoming a hypnotist. So I want to welcome John Moyer. And you guys have to check out his YouTube station, too. He has a great YouTube station. We're going to go through all of that at the end, how you can connect with him, where you can find his information on the internet. So, John, thank you very much for being on the Power Your Mind podcast today. Thank you for having me. And I'm always impressed with anyone that can have a whiteboard with everything behind them, with all the stuff written out. That's way too much organization for me. Are you just peeking <laughs> at my whiteboard back there? I was peeking at your whiteboard back there. <laughs> Here, want to see the whole thing? I got this <laughs> day by day. <laughs> Actually, that's just to remind me of where I'm headed, right? I don't ever want to forget. So if I yeah. just have to walk by that thing and be like, okay, these are my favorite singers. This is what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> that's what it's all about. It's all about having the stuff there that you visually connect with and creates an emotional state. You of all people would know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how this, uh, all of your background led you to becoming a hypnotist. Sure. I, you know, I was always fascinated by the power of the mind my entire life. So that's, you know, that's always kind of there in the background. Um, but I was the creative type when I was, when I was a kid and my goal was to go to film school uh, and study theater and film, which is what I did. And I got a degree in screenwriting where it was a screenwriting emphasis for my, for my, uh, my BA. The funny thing was, is that while I was in college, there was a local comedy club that had open mic night. So, and I was always, you know, I was the guy that everybody was like, oh, you should, you're funny. You should go do, you know, stand up comedy. And for a lot of people, they could be funny with, you know, in a room full of their friends. It's very different when you get on stage. It actually worked out for me. So I started doing stand up comedy uh, my last year in college, because it, to me, it was all kind of in the same wheelhouse. You know, I, I wanted to be creative. I wanted to create scripts and do movies and TV and that sort of thing. So comedy just seemed to kind of fall into that into that area. And I wound up graduating, went on the road doing stand-up comedy professionally. And I did that for probably close to 20 years, I, I guess, well, maybe wow. even longer than that. Full career. And, <laughs> it, it really was. And of course, then along the way, I had uh, screenplays that were produced, though I really found that my first love was being in front of audiences. But in the early 2000s, the dynamic of stand-up comedy changed quite a bit because of the internet. It just seemed to become um, more about who the most famous person was and not necessarily um, who the funniest person was. So there was a lot of uh, change in, in that regard. And it affected the business model for club owners. And a lot of clubs had had closed down. And I, I was doing a lot of corporate work, which I really enjoyed doing, uh, you know, corporate, uh, corporate comedy. 
though I was kind of finding myself in this loop of, you know, dissatisfaction and not feeling fulfilled and even feeling a little burned out. And I was doing an event where I was a stand-up comedian and there was a series of different things happening, performers happening throughout uh, the day. And right after me, there was a stage hypnotist and I stuck around. I'm like, okay, I, 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 I've got to see this. I've got to watch this. And for me, for the event that I was doing, it was probably about maybe half, three quarters full. And then when the hypnotist went on, it was like standing room only. And mm. of course, the audience was engaged. They were fascinated. The volunteers were really funny. And afterwards, the hypnotist was selling uh, merch, CDs for stopping smoking and weight loss and the whole gamut. Of course, people were just running up and buying all of his CDs. I said, you know, I could do that. I know how to be on stage. I know how to be funny. Of course, I just have to learn how to hypnotize people. <laughs> and that seemed to be the moment of, of, of transition for me where I went from saying I'm completely dissatisfied because in a lot of ways, I was going through a lot of personal challenges too. I went through a divorce. I had two young kids. I was dating all the wrong women. So a lot of things in my personal life were, were very dysfunctional. And then realizing that I deserved to make a change was to me, it seemed like the answer. And of course that change came within because I had to learn how to do hypnosis. And, uh, but so it took got off. To, sounds like you kind of got down to a low point, right? Where you're like, I, 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 I my career, I'm not really going anywhere. I'm divorced. I'm a single yeah. dad. I've got all of this drama in my life. Something's got to give. And then you that, had this kind of aha moment. That that's it. That's exactly what it was. And for me, being creative, I, I always just wanted to make my living full-time in the creative space. I never cared about, you know, being the most, you know, the, the most famous. I kind of, that's not my thing. Um, my whole idea was, look, if I can support myself and my family doing something creative, then that's what it's all about for me. And making that change, doing hypnosis, that's where everything really skyrocketed. I went from doing you know, these bad cowboy bars that I drove, you know, 10 hours to in somewhere in Montana to do a one night gig, uh, having the venue put me up in a Motel 6 to literally being flown around the world to do my hypnosis show because I started performing for Royal Caribbean Cruise Line, just doing colleges and, and, and corporations throughout the country. You're a stage hypnotist, right? You like are the one mm -hmm. that makes people do those crazy things yeah. um, you know to interesting i also traveled for royal caribbean as a guest lecturer and i'm wondering oh, wow. if i ever saw you like i did that in the early 2000s like maybe um 2004 through 2008 yeah I, see i was i think it was 2017 was the first time oh I was, okay I yeah i was a guest lecturer on chocolate that's my actual business i own a chocolate company Oh, wow. So I did all, a bunch of series of lectures and what, that was such a fun thing. But I have to say, so when I see somebody up there, like I've never volunteered to go up there, but when I see those hypnotists, obviously you're one of them. I'm terrified that I will be stuck in that stage forever. I mean, why doesn't that happen to people? Well, that's, that's one of the things that when you're giving the pre-talk to, you know, encourage people to get onto the stage is it's an interesting misconception because people do think, what happens if I get stuck in hypnosis? And you can't get stuck in hypnosis. It's not something that 
has has ever happened. One of two things, if if I would hypnotize somebody and then walk away, one of two things would happen. They'd either fall asleep like they were taking a nap or they'd they'd come out of it on their own. It's not something that happens. So you have and to do I, it by choice. Like it's their choice to come out there and that opens them up to the possibility of receiving information basically. Yeah, it's uh, well there, there's two kind of facets of that. It's first um, encouraging somebody to come up on on the stage and show them the benefits, what's going to happen, which is one of the things that I tell people when you come up here and you experience hypnosis, you're going to feel great physically and emotionally. And of course, mentally, if you have a goal that you want to achieve, you'll be able to you'll be able to achieve that. But nobody's going to get you're not going to get stuck. And I, I typically don't. The, the only audiences that I ever have to tell that to, if I'm doing a high school or a college show, and the reason why I would always preface that is because there might be some kid, and I've had friends that this has happened to, that you know, wants to be the show off and wants to try to do something to make it all about them and throw a wrench in the works for the hypnotist. And they act like they're stuck in hypnosis. And of course, you know, they're really not. And Everyone I have panic. I, I, yeah, ex exactly. So, you know, I have friends that have very creative ways to prove that the kid is, you know, is faking that. But it, it's, yeah, it's not a thing. You're not going to get stuck and you're not going to lose control. That's the, that's probably the big thing that I do tell all audiences is because you have the critical factor in your, in your mind where it, it, you're not going to do something under hypnosis that goes against your moral code because that's so deeply grained in, uh, within you. So I can't hypnotize somebody and tell them to go rob a bank, unless of course they were actually a bank robber. But that's, you're not gonna do something that you wouldn't, that, that wouldn't violate your own personal moral code. I have a quick question for you, because yeah. before we get past this stage. So you said that if you hypnotize someone and walk away, they're eventually gonna be coming out. But like, let's say you were gonna hypnotize someone to stop smoking or lose weight or something else that they wanna achieve. Is the reason that people need to listen to it again and again and again, because they have to keep reminding themselves because they do kind of eventually go out of it. Like if you can make somebody bark like a dog on a stage, why can't you just say you're done smoking for the rest of your life and they'll be done smoking? Well, the thing is, is for that suggestion to uh, be an effect, you don't, you're hypnotized to have that suggestion go into your subconscious mind. Once that suggestion goes into your subconscious mind, you can operate from your normal conscious state. The, the thing is, is though that can be very different for different people. I always tell people it, it's like going to the gym and working out a muscle. If you go to the gym, you may not necessarily be able to arm curl, you know, 75 pounds in each arm right away, but it's something that you can build yourself up to. So with some people, when they experience hypnosis, that change can take effect right away and be permanent. Other people, they may need continual tune-ups. One of the, the most interesting stories that I have of, of a suggestion actually taking effect right away was a woman on the cruise ship, because I, was, I, I happened to be on the, the cruise the entire time, even though I was only performing one night. So this was three days after the show, a woman came up to me, and maybe you'll appreciate this because you have a chocolate company, but she said, she said, I had no intentions of going up and participating in the show. She, she said, but I have a chocolate addiction. It Chocolate literally rules my life. And it's something that I have been wanting to overcome. 
So my motivation to go on stage and to participate in the show was so I could stop eating chocolate. And I remembered her because she was one of what we call the stars of the show. She was deeply under, she was very animated. She said, it's been three days and I haven't had any chocolate at all on this ship. And of course, being on a cruise ship, you know, there's, there's chocolate everywhere. There's a lot of chocolate. <laughs> and, it, and it was a really cool story. What made it even more interesting for me or more exciting for me is that she reached out to me. It was about three years after the, the cruise. And she right. said, do you remember me? It's been three years. I haven't had any chocolate since. Really? No chocolate? That's sad. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I need to call her. <laughs> I, no, I, 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 well, that's interesting that I worked hard to do. You, did she ask you to do that up, up on stage? Or did she have the preconceived thing that if she went up on stage, she would automatically never eat chocolate again? And one of the things that I tell people, I said, if you're looking to achieve a goal, whatever it may be, when you come up here tonight, we're going to empower your mind to be able to do that. I, and I tell the audiences, we're not going to talk about whatever your goal is. That's oh, going to remain okay. between you and your subconscious mind. But have that idea. And right before I do the hypnotic induction, I say, okay, think of that particular thing that you want to achieve within your mind. And so going through the show, obviously, they're participating in the various skits and things uh, that we do. But they also are learning that they have this ability within them to accept a hypnotic suggestion, to act upon that hypnotic suggestion. Right. And you couple that with the benefits that they're feeling as a result of, of, of participating because they do feel so good emotionally and they, they do feel good physically. And then at the end of the show, when I'm bringing them all of, all of them out, out of that state of hypnosis, I give them that suggestion that whatever their goal is, they're going to be able to act upon it now. So Jesus I didn't know one and done. I, I like yeah. the concept of one and done. It always seems like it takes forever to me. So would, what would you say the difference between hypnosis and hypnotherapy is like, I kind of consider what I'm doing as hypnotherapy, like someone's going in and they're doing it again and again, and eventually it becomes a belief system. And then they start living that way as if that element that they always wanted were true. And then of course it happens. Yeah. I would answer that. I would say to me, hypnosis is the act or the state Mm -hmm. And hypnotherapy would would be the modality. Hypnotherapy meaning that somebody's <clears throat> excuse me in a state of hypnosis, but yet they are using that experience to make some type of a, a, a therapeutic change in their life. I noticed that you're on your YouTube station. You use soft music behind your vocals and all of that, but on the stage you don't have the opportunity to like properly put someone, so to speak, in a hypnotic state, you're just basically like, okay, you're under. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I, I've got about, I would say, five to seven minutes to be able to do, um, to, to put volunteers into a, a, a trance state. So it's, it's very different because you have to move very quickly. And you know, it's kind of the, the proverbial throwing mud up against the wall and seeing what it sticks um, or seeing what sticks. So I have to, when you're, if you're working with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, then there's a feedback loop there. You can cater that. You can interact with that individual specifically. And I'm able to do a little bit of that on stage, you know, with, with certain volunteers, but depending on the show, you know, I've had as many as 30 volunteers, you know, in a show at one, at one time. So you, you're kind of having to scan everybody at the same time. You're, you're maybe you're looking for something that may stand out. 
but you, yeah, you have to move, you have to move very, very quickly when, so when you do that. So I guess what my point is, is that it isn't necessary really to go into this where you're walking down steps or your balloon is floating away. Like the mind can be quite quickly brought into a state of hypnosis. I, I mean, I think that too. Yeah. I don't always I, on my, on my sleep series, I just go straight in I'm yeah. like, because I want them to loop it. And so I don't want to go down the stairs and come back up and all that. It's just like, Hey, let's just listen to these positive affirmations nonstop yeah. and integrate those into the mind. But speaking of that, what do you think exactly happens in the mind when somebody changes? So they have a goal, they go in, they experience hypnosis, and then they literally change. Like what change is happening in the brain? The analogy I, that I use, it's like a, a computer hard drive or you're, you're accessing your files and the mind is always searching for patterns. The mind has things that it's connected to this experience equals this outcome for us or this emotional state for us, this, this behavior. So you're going into the mind and you're wiping out those patterns. You're erasing those old patterns and then rewriting those patterns with something new and more empowering basically is, is, is what's going on. Because the, the thing is, is that the subconscious mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. So, and this is what I tell people when I'm on stage, it's, it's like a, a, a literal virtual reality in your mind. It's like when you're having a dream, no matter how strange or bizarre a dream is, you're, you're, you're just accepting that as real. You're participating in, in that dream experience and you're accepting it as real. So if the subconscious mind is hearing, we love to work out, we prefer not to eat chocolate or we prefer not to smoke and, you know, smoking equals this and pain and working out feels really good. Whatever it is, the subconscious mind just says, okay, this is, this is who we are. And then it goes ahead and it acts upon that as if that's the person that they are. So I, I know you said that one woman had like her one and done thing where she heard the words and boom, she's never eating chocolate again for the rest of her life. But how long do you think it takes most people from the time they start a goal until they start living it in reality? Like they make that change. Like, I think for me, sometimes it's so gradual that I don't realize I've made it. And then it's like, oh, wow, my, my life is different all of a sudden. Yeah, th that's I had that, that, that same experience when I first started doing hypnosis uh, and I was just doing self-hypnosis for me. I was listening to uh, a program every single day. And as I was going through, it's like a week and I'm going, okay, I'm not noticing anything yet. And it's two weeks. Okay. Well, I'm not noticing anything yet. And then a situation came up for me where when that, that happened, all of a sudden I realized I was responding completely differently. I was feeling differently. I was thinking differently about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this actually took effect. And this is, this is working for me now. Yeah, It's good to journal. I think if you have yeah. a goal, like write down, okay, here's what my, I think my blocks are and here's how I normally respond and all of that. Because otherwise it's so subtle that it's hard to tell. You're just thinking, oh, you know, I've just changed my mind. That yeah. happened to me with, uh, financial, some financial stuff. I wanted to be more aggressive in the way I was investing my 401k. And so I started listening to a bunch of abundance uh, 
you know, hypnosis. <laughs> and then before I knew it, I had revamped everything. And I didn't even associate it because I was listening to the abundance things in February. And in August, six months later, I revamped my entire portfolio and changed the way I do everything, the way I pay my bills, all of it. And then only later when I was going back over my podcasts, I was like, oh my gosh, that thing actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's done that for me for my whole life. I don't know why I'm surprised, but I'm just saying, even me, someone who's seasoned doing it, I've done it my whole life. I don't always associate the work with the result. And so, well, and that's, that's the nice thing about our connected world now where we have so much access to something that we didn't necessarily have access to, you know, 20, 25 years ago, if it was 25 years ago and somebody said, okay, I have this area in my life that I want to change. And they had to open up the yellow pages and find, you know, a local hypnotherapist and go to that experience and have it one-on-one, or maybe they're going back. But now we have access to stuff that we can just put our earphones in or turn our phone on and experience right in our own home without having to, 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 to go anywhere. And that actually does make it easier to reinforce because it's something that you can do every single day on your own that you don't have to really go out and take time to have this experience with somebody else. And I always tell people there's so much content out there, find a hypnotist and content that resonates with you. Right. So, I mean, there's different ones that, that I listen to, uh, my primary, primary one is my wife. Cause my wife does hypnosis as well. Yeah. We, we do one-on-one stuff. So mm-hmm. that works out. That works out really well. And I used to do one-on-one and then I just found that too. One-on-one. I'm like, I'm a mass person. I need to reach as many people as possible. Yeah. yeah. So I and actually that- put the podcast up during COVID cause I had more time cause we, the store wasn't open as much. And yeah. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm doing this myself. Why don't I just share this? gift or whatever with other people. And then it's just kind of up, up, up. It's been really interesting when people are, when they're going to approach a subject themselves, do you recommend just honing in on one thing, say for a while, or can they say, okay, I have these five changes I want to make. I'm going to listen to a different hypnosis of these five topics every day, you know, one right after another, and then loop back to them or, you know what I'm saying? Like how much can the mind actually handle? Is it better if we just focus on one thing to change or should, can we just say, okay, I want to lose weight. I want to stop smoking. <laughs> I want to be more successful in my career. I want to have a fabulous relationship. Yeah. Can I do all of those things together? The, the thing that I always tell people is there's no right way or wrong way. There's only what works for the individual. So somebody could find, Hey, I'm listening to three different hypnosis sessions a day and wow, I'm, I'm noticing a, a you know, a difference. Or somebody might go, I just want to focus on one. I was, I used, I always just say, go out and test drive it, see right. what works for you and go with what works and, um, you know, what's resonating with you, what's exciting for you. So on, I, I think probably for me, one of the most popular is everybody wants to be more abundant, right? We'd all like to have a little bit more money, more time to travel, more time with our family. So I was wondering if you think just this personal question if someone wants more abundance, do you think it's really listening to an abundance hypnosis that's going to work? Or is it other things like maybe releasing blocks or reframing the way that they think about uh, friendships or something like that? Like there's some under underlying connection 
that really has nothing to do with abundance that's keeping them from having the abundance that they want. Well, I, going back to the fact that the, the mind always operates from pattern. So if we've been in a particular financial pattern, then that's the stuff that our mind immediately goes back to and says, we don't have uh, you know enough money here or this bill's over here. And we're just going to keep looping ourselves in the, th- the same things that we're f- familiar with, thinking that there's we can't do something or there's no way we can make more money or there's there's just no way another opportunity or another job or whatever it may be is going to show up for me or thinking I always spend money, whatever it may be. So if you're focusing on an abundance mindset and, and there's plenty of programs out there that necessarily aren't just about abundance. There are certain things for dialing very uh, specific financial niches in, but your mind's going to rewrite those those patterns. So I think relative to abundance or finances or something, focus on something that, or a program that addresses that, you know, that specific thing. Okay. So I just was curious about that was kind of more of a personal question. So power your mind podcast really focuses on helping people develop a stronger mind. I really believe that when you continually listen to the exact thing that you want to focus on or create in your life. You talk about it, think about it, act on it, that eventually that has to happen. So what little tips would you give people for strengthening their mind, like mind focus techniques or just developing a stronger mind? I would say dive in and start doing (laughs) meditation or hypnosis. I mean, they're, they're sister states of mind. And that's how it happened for me. I started off doing guided hypnosis programs, experiencing those. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, I want to work up to actually doing meditation where I'm sitting in the lotus position and in in quiet with a clear mind for a period of time. And I found that laying that foundation through experiencing hypnosis was able to allow me to start to do meditations and have really good experiences with meditations. So it's, it is, it's just working that muscle. If you start to do something, then gradually you're going to become better at it. Your mind and your mind's going to become conditioned. Not only is, are you going to experience the, the change, but for me, as soon as my body gets in that position, immediately my mind starts to go, okay, this is what this is. We're going to do a meditation or we're experiencing hypnosis. So I go from those uh, beta brainwave states down into those alpha and theta brainwave states. So that conditioning not only helped helps change, you know, a different outcome. It enables you to change so you can have that experience in the first place of um, going into alpha theta brainwave states to experience. The ten minutes of pressure. yeah, basically. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> ten minutes of meditation or fifteen or whatever you have the time for. What you're saying, I think, is that you can really, that goes across your entire day. So for me, I do my meditation in the morning because I want to set the tone that I own. I have control over my time. Not always going to happen. I own my own business. Obviously, things blow up and they go crazy. But if I can own at least the beginning of the day on my terms, I feel a lot better going into the day and it seems to go a lot smoother. So I guess what I'm hearing you say is I I like the term mental discipline. Right. Like we train our mind like we train our body and a small amount of training 
in the gym can have massive results all day during the day. And likewise, a small amount of mental training with hypnosis or hypnotherapy or meditation can have a major effect throughout your day, your week, your month, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, sometimes it's, it's really hard to get to the gym and you're going, I don't want to do this. I don't like being here. Then once you get into that groove after a few days, then you start to go, I can do this. I right. look forward to this. It becomes easier. You become more excited about it. So I like just, the results. So for example, at the gym, when you go to the gym and you increase your muscle mass, 24-7, you are increasing your metabolism. So you're just going nonstop. And I think the same thing happens with meditation. And, you know, we're kind of using meditation, hypnosis, hypnotherapy, all of the same thing to me at the moment, which is, again, just us learning how to control our own minds. Because especially as AI comes into play and the world is just on, you know, this incredible tear, plus we have all these distractions I think mental discipline is going to become more and more focused as we go forward. Well, yes. And we're already seeing the effects of distraction. I think the last statistic that I saw was, it was, you know, I think Americans alone check their phones. It's like 3 billion times a day collectively. And we have become conditioned to have that device there and always looking at that device. And we know that there's a, a, a dopamine spike. You know, it's like, oh, somebody sent me something or I got a text message and we're conditioned. We got to look at this right away. We're standing in line at the grocery store and we've got to wait a few minutes. What are we doing? We're, we're staring at our at our phones. Every time we're not doing something else, we're, we're looking at our phones or our phones are distracting us from, from doing something else. So that attention span and that conditioning, we're, we're, we're seeing the results of that collectively right. as a society. And we do deserve to learn to retrain our minds. So we're not focused on what's out here. We were able to focus and manage what's in here. We're not looking for something outside of us to sustain us in emotional state. Like, Oh, I'm bored. Okay. I'm not going to live in the moment. I'm going to look at my phone. Right. And that's, I kind of do it. I'm an information yeah. junkie. I'm like, yeah. what's happening in the world? I need to know. I need to know. So I'm trying to get over that. Interesting that my most, one of my most popular podcasts is Detach from Phone and Social Media. And people want to detach from phone. And so, but yeah. We are, we are addicted. We're addicted to that dopamine, which is a strong drug in the brain. So can someone hire you as a, like a coach or their personal hypnotist? That- what I, everything, I'm like you, every, I want to put everything out there. So mm-hmm. I do all of the, uh, the, the stuff to be able to share with the with the masses so that's my that's my youtube channel and so i don't work with people one-on-one because i do enjoy that experience of being able to i mean i i did previous right but then you know my my joy and my passion is is taking my ability to be creative the things that i've learned from film and video and audio and writing and being able to create this uh content that i that i put out there so yeah everything that i do now is just is solely focused on the content that I put put out there online. So let's get the title of your YouTube channel so people can find you. And then I'm yeah. also going to put that in the notes, obviously, of the podcast, but just so we have it here. Sure. It's John Moyer Hypnosis. Just John, J-O-H-N, and Moyer, M-O-Y-E-R, Hypnosis. So I'm going to wrap up the show here. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Check out John's amazing YouTube station. He has over 300,000 followers. 
John Moyer Hypnosis on YouTube and other episodes of the Power Your Mind podcast if you're interested to help you achieve your goals and we'll catch you on the next episode. 